Welcome to another episode of the Loaded Bolter podcast. To my left, we have Carl. Oh yeah. And to my right, we have for the first time on the podcast James. Oof. And centre stage, JW Jason Watson. Carl, what's your Insta? Uh, I'm at cfinch0775 on Instagram. I love that. And then James, what's your Insta, which we discussed just a minute ago? <laughs> I'm at James Aldridge 1990. Nice. So you now you know his name and, and when my he's born. I love it. And then mine is Rustic Soul. I hope everyone's had a magical week. We're going to open this up with a little bit of hobbying. Carl, what have you been up to in the hobby scenes this week? Um, I've been on the Orc train. Uh, the Orc train has no brakes. So I've been working on a squig buggy, which mm. is one of the new hotness things. Um, I've picked up the kill team box as well. Nice. So I've got commandos and a shitload of Orc terrain to look forward to. Um, which Anders is absolutely loving Orc terrain. He certainly is, yeah. He loves Orc um, but yeah, no. So ankle deep in the squig buggy at the minute, which is uh, it's brilliant. But it's got it's got so many details on it that you either have to go full in, or you just dry brush the whole lot and call it good. Oh, you know me, there's no dry brush involved, no. so it's going to take a month to paint. Yeah, do you think it'll be longer than your your big boy stomper? Nothing will be longer than that. that mate. No, that, that was a lifetime project. That one. Yeah, but he's uh, but he's hit the table and and done. He's done bits. He's done bits, isn't he? Yeah. It's fan- Have you faced him yet, James? I fought alongside him <laughs> against Friends. Knights, which was great. Nice. He, did, he did bits. Strong. Oh, what a guy. How have you been finding all the Orc release at the moment? All the new bits, all the cool stuff, all the new um, style of Orcs, and one particular model which you're getting quite excited about in the Orc range? Mr. Mosrock? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, frustrating, if I'm being honest, because they won't release the fucking models. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We've had the book for... Well, I've had the book. Some of us have had the book for a while. Some people haven't got the book yet. And then the book's coming out, but then some of the models still aren't, but some are. And it's this weird, like, three-stage release they've done. Oh, yeah. You know? So we've got rules for models that we can't use because the models don't exist. And we've got models coming out that some people have got the rules for and some haven't. And then you've got some stuff that you're looking forward to playing with that you can't play with yet. Mm. So um, the models are great, mate. I mean, Yeah, they, look, honest, they you know, look fantastic. Probably the best models I've... Personally, as a biased orc player, some of the best models Games Workshop have ever done nice. in terms of detail, the yeah. dynamics of it. The kill team commandos are just mind-blowingly good. You know, I can't wait um, to see the finished product for those. I'm excited to see them. Are yeah. the rules alright for them? Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're um, they're kind of sneaky, which is what they should be. Yeah. Um, they're as in most things with the orc, but they're not quite what they were. Which is a good double-edged sword. Some things of the strength, I think, is kind of feels like it's gone down but then it's all been put into the sheets themselves and all into the model so you haven't got the strats and stuff and the um some of the relics and some of the custom jobs are poo but the models are good so nice. you don't necessarily need that to build them up yeah they're a bit more independent um but yeah the, the models are amazing the release has been a bit all over the place yeah. a little bit kind of scattergun and looking at the forums and stuff a lot of people are saying the same things it's just the you want your new cool stuff yeah to be shown it and then not given it Cock blocked. Yeah. They're like a they're like a ball tingle tease, aren't they? They're like, come on guys. I mean that's a, that's a strong statement. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna well. we're gonna like play for a little bit and yeah. then we're not gonna we're not gonna finish you off. And then we're gonna oh. disappear for a little bit. So and they're gonna bring out a little something something yeah. else for you. It's, and they're gonna run away again. So, if people could see what my hands are doing right now. They I'm glad they can't they're um <laughs> they each of these are one of Carl's giant nuts <laughs> in each hand, giving him a little tingle tingle. Beautiful. Hey, it, it's the same as Necrons. They did yeah. exactly the same. They teased all of the stuff and released things in boxes where you'd be spending 90 quid to get a model that you want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. However, for me, though, as a Space Marine player, it's all good. 
Everything is always as, good. For everything you. is as wonderful <laughs> as always. In the space weed world, everything's oh, always good, isn't it? I don't have these troubles. Especially ultra Yeah. Oh, the ultra hunks. What the? They are the guys. They are the guys to be. I think what would be quite interesting on a, an episode to dive into a little bit more because last week we had a um, on the last episode we had like a bit of a dive in on Thousand Suns and Grey Knights. It'd be quite cool to get your spin off um, when you take a like. An orc list when you do competitive orc list and when you do like a law law based or like yeah. like fun orc list because yeah, sure thing. I don't know about you James but every time I used to think about orcs I used to be like oh orcs it's not too much of a, a, a tough opponent we'll the take, shooting won't we'll, matter we'll smash the orcs down in bits <laughs> and then every time I've played the orcs against Khan his shooting's always outdone my shooting and I'm ultramarines and then his combat's always obviously coming and just chewed us up and when he flew over my boys once and dropped some bombs on them that time and around Anders before um, what a nightmare so I don't know what it is <laughs> I don't know I think this is a reflection more on Carl than it is Orcs because you, you win with most of your most of your armies you play with so that's, what, what about you what do you think of that is that true it, is that yeah. true experience would you say that about Carl's made Orcs good for the whole of GW <laughs> I don't think I've ever played Orcs in a big game, No, if I'm honest. Really I've only played a 300-point game, mm. yeah. um, which, no, that's a lie. I've played two 300-point games. I won one and you won one. But, it, yeah, Orc shooting, you always go into it thinking, ah, oh, it's Orcs. Yeah. They're on fives. Mm. They're gonna, it's going to be terrible. Mm. And it never is terrible. It never is. But it is terrible, but for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We've fought together, haven't we, James? A like, lot, we've, yeah. we've played quite a few games alongside each other, and it's always been... A lot of fun and we've got I think we were saying this in the game we had a game at Warhammer World a couple of weeks ago um, we just have a good understanding of, of the way that we play our armies yeah. so we kind of leave each other to it there wasn't yeah. a lot of tactical like if you do this I'll do that and you yeah. do because we just get on with it you know nice. so I think knowing your army um, universally for, for any army and you know they talk about like doing reps with stuff and yeah. the same armies again and again and it's just the knowledge you can't overestimate how important that is yeah. You know? yeah and you're quite thorough with your pre-game stuff which i think we spoke about in the first podcast didn't like we? to say yeah. i know my shit you do you yeah. do pull you do pull together a really nice list um unlike james here who just slaps down a couple of um night bringers and, Stark and, boys and, Stark <laughs> and just smashes them on the table just walks into your lines until a company champion comes along and ends the void dragon's life or your uh grab captain grab captain i think who ended it. the Nightbringer. Yeah, but I mean, that's not quite as impressive as the, uh, no, the champion. The, the champion, champion doing bits. bits. I love that. That is fantastic. But let's swing on over to Jamestown because this is your first time on the Loaded Bolt podcast. So I've got just a couple of little cues for you, my man. First Excited. of all, what age did you first get into the hobby? What point did you stop being in the hobby? And what point did you get back into the hobby as an adult? Uh, so I'm a bit different, I think, to the rest of the people. He's that never stopped. He's because never I, stopped. I got into the hobby about 10. Yeah. Uh, and I've never stopped. You're a madman. You're a madman. He's just not stopped. <laughs> so it's, it's been, yeah. it's been, as you'll work out from my Instagram handle, 21 years. 21 non-stop. years. No, he's just, <laughs> he doesn't end. What sort of, um, what have you delved into with the, with the like, tabletop game and things? It's not just been 40k, has it? You've done all I, sorts. So it's... Started off with 40k, have done fantasy, have done Lord of the Rings, have done most of the Games Workshop board games that they've released, and uh, Horus Heresy, nice. and obviously 40k. Nice, I like that, which is pretty cool. In the 40k world, you play two factions, don't you? I do. Well, two factions, possibly a third, which we've been trying to like force at you since, <laughs> since, you, since your birthday. Um, talk about your two factions, your main one. 
think, would you say Blood Angels or Necron? You, you tell us. I would say it used to be Blood Angels, mm. but since the ninth edition codexes, I feel like it's probably a bit like Carl and Wolvie have said before. Yeah. They've lost their flavour a little bit. They're yeah. not as, as unique as they once were. They're just red ultramarines. Um, Everybody's just red ultramarines, aren't yeah. they? In your world, yeah, yeah. Every, every colour. <laughs> every, everybody's an ultramarine. Everyone's an ultramarine. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they're just, they're still flavoursome, but I just don't use them as much. Yeah. Um, especially not since the Necrons got such an overhaul at the beginning of night. It was a fantastic release of Necrons. Yeah. Some of the new models on the Necrons are just so, so nice to the point where when I bought, I didn't mind not going to halves on the Indominus box because I was like, I'm quite happy to have the Necron models because yeah. how nice they are. It almost made me think, should I just start a small Necrons army? But I know what happens when you do that. Carl, what happens when you start a small army? Oh, you mean like start a small <laughs> army of orcs? Uh, you end up 8,000 points later wondering exactly. what happened to you, how your life got so out of control. <laughs> what has this happened to me? Um, that was my fear. But luckily, luckily then Frankie has now joined the team as a, a new recruit to the game. Um, and I, so I gifted the Necrons to him. But those models are so fantastic. I don't know what the guys are called. With all the legs and the like the stories, oh, they're, they're up there with one of my favourite. I models. love that all the legs and you got it straight yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a proper Necrons player right here. Yeah, that that model has definitely been one of my favourites I've seen. It's just such a cool model to look at. Yeah, no, they 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 are so nice and they're spindly, but yeah. so you have to be careful. But yeah. they are really really nice. The um, good thing about them because they're spindly and spiky. When you beat someone, let's say like when you beat me multiple times, as most people have. I can't just go and like slap your models off the board with my hand because I'll, I'll pierce the skin because they're so spiky. So I just have to accept defeat and run off and cry for a little bit. Well, you could try and slap them. They'd be all right. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll get stabbed by them. Like the Void Dragon is the spindliest, spikiest model I've ever seen. He's so wobbly. Yeah. In the cabinet, he's so wobbly. <laughs> like, he just, the cat like, jumps on the cabinet and he just sits there dancing. Oh, no. <laughs> like a hula girl on your yeah, dashboard. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. What a fantastic time. Well, that's James, everyone. James, anything else you want to say about the hobby? No, other than it's amazing. And it's, it's amazing. introduced me it. to a load of awesome people. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a you get bonus point to say, isn't it? That's Absolutely. Really nice yeah. None of us told him to say that, did they? He what might not it? be talking about us, though. He might be talking about all the other Oh, God, I've just gone and assumed it was about, <laughs> about his friends at Loaded Bowler. <laughs> oh, here we go. Another one, little little, little something, for, something for you, James. Um, Loaded Bowler, what made you want to do it? I think it was... We start. I remember we started talking about it probably about a year ago now, yeah. um, at some ungodly hour of the night. The WhatsApp group just lit up with so chat loads. Yeah. sparked into And life, I think we yeah. all basically then got Instagram and everything set up. And I think it's it's quite good for me because it's a bit motivational. Mm. Because I, while I love the hobby, painting, as Carl would say, is not my not my forte. It's not the think, thing I enjoy the most. I think it's fair to say that you're up there with one of the top painters in the group in terms of time spent painting. <laughs> Is that me and you? That's me and you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. we were just saying, Joe, we appreciate how the painting handle that I bought you was moved from this side of the table <laughs> three feet across the table oh, to the yeah. other side. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, uh, episode one of this podcast, which would have been now, we do these every two weeks, so it would have been like, what, six weeks ago now. Um, Carl gifted me a painting handle in the hopes that maybe I would pick it up and paint with it. And here it is, still in the podcast studio, moved slightly further across the table. <laughs> it's gone about six foot. Yeah, yeah, because it's a huge table. Um, 
But yeah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate the handle. I will eventually use it one day, probably when I gift it to somebody else to paint for me. It's probably, it, probably back at you, Carl. Hey, Carl. I'll take it. I've got thank some you. Templars that need painting. How about this fancy handle comes to you? I've got some black undercoat spray, so I'm, I'm oh, good to go. Fantastic. And they're done. Right? Yeah, I love that. Much. Oh, wonderful. Um, James, what hobby have you been working on this week? This week has been predominantly Horace Heresy. Yeah. So, Yes, uh, Saturday was basically hobby. So mm. Saturday was a day of painting, which I was just telling Cole before we started, which was many models got got done. Really? Well, well you done two, of yours. two Leviathans, a Contemptor, two, three characters, and a Sakara and Venator wow. were finished because we had a game yesterday. See, here's the thing: like James is like. It's not that he can't paint. James's painting his is painting's really good. really good. And he's been doing painting for many years now, 21 years, you would say. Um, I think what, I don't know, obviously with you, with paint, for me, the painting thing is always just the whole setting up, the time, um, dedicating the time to do it. But you've must, over the years of you being in this hobby, you must have painted so many things. It must just be like daunting. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say I've painted loads of things. People listening will, who know me will go, he's not painted loads of things. <laughs> so it's always I, been this way. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think it's more, for me, painting is the lowest thing in the hobby. Yeah. It's the lore and the gaming and the, just the kind of fun that you have. And like consuming knowledge of textbooks and just understanding every single <laughs> yeah, part of it. Absorbing information. Yeah. He literally just touches the codex, like his brain lights up. And then he knows all the information. Well, the code's on the back. You just enter them in. Enter the code into, into his little bit on his back. Oh, mate. Okay, so you've always done this with painting. Yeah, I think I did, probably before I had a job, I spent more time painting. Yeah. I think it's, normally I'll finish work and painting, I have to be in the mood for it. And I don't mm. necessarily find it as relaxing as, I know Wolvie does it as a real kind of, and probably cold is it, it's kind of a, a release. It's, it's like they can escape yeah. from the real world for a yeah. bit. Whereas for me, it's a, Ugh. It's a chore. Yeah. I get like that with painting. For me, the painting thing is, oh my God, I've got to do it. There are times I get really excited for it. I loved it when we done it for the Christmas challenge that we do. Yeah. That's, that was really fun. I think it's because I've painted for somebody else and, um, the, you know, I didn't want to be the one who didn't do it. And I actually really enjoyed painting that. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. The painting can be a bit of a chore. Um, especially if you don't do it consistently, you don't get into a routine. So you constantly, every time I go back into painting, my like, my highlights again they start off a bit wonky or like my cut my my thing's not because i'm not doing it consistently i lose that kind of finesse yeah, yeah. after like an hour of paint you start to get back muscle into memory it. kicks in. yeah. yeah but then once you stop for like for me normally like five months at a time you, the time you pick it up again you're painting like a 10 year old you're like let's <laughs> say all 10 year olds can't paint i'm sure there's no, some 10 no, year olds yeah. out there who are outstanding at painting more it, it's like anything right if you keep your eye in and you keep doing it and it's part of your routine it just becomes something that you you know you can do naturally like james said muscle memory i've got a little painting set up even though at the moment we're moving house and mm. everything's everywhere there's just chaos but i found a corner that i could just set up and that's where I go, it's got the light and the paint and the brushes and everything set up and it's ready to go. So even 10 minutes there, you know, 10, 15 minutes every now and again, do um, like a base coat on something or yeah. you do a quick wash across and then you come back to it and it's those little increments of time add up. But then what I love about this hobby, one of the things is that it's so inclusive because mm. we've got the three of us sitting here, we've all got very different experiences and enjoyment levels with painting, but we were all, it's part of our hobby, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah. We all love playing we all love you know the lore of it as well and the kind of the spectacle and the painting is is some of it but without that you can still have a great time you yeah. can still you know enjoy it and it's 
Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah. yeah, and I've managed to build a huge collection of unpainted models and slightly painted models and then really nicely painted models from other people. So you always find a way in this hobby to like get everything you can out of it, which is fantastic. But James, kudos to my man for all the um, Horace Heresy paint you've done this weekend. Now, if you can just do that same level of painting to your like Blood Angel or your Necrons, then I think the guys in the chat would be absolutely like thrilled to see a fully painted Necrons list bash out on the table. Horace Heresy was there was a lot of motivation, partly because and. It will particularly help with a friend, with one of the mates, Ollie, who actually helped me out on the day. Mm. Um, but we always set something that we were never going to play with unpainted armies. Oh yeah, it has taken six years, six <laughs> years for us to play a game. That's but, the big. Um, that's, that, was that your first proper Horus Heresy game? This is the thing because the guys always in the chat. We're all slowly pulling towards the Heresy, which James is going to dive into shortly. But there's been a few people like front runners, like Ollie and um, and Johnny, and and then now yourself. We've always been like trying to like slowly, subtly be like, Horace Heresy could be good. It's fantastic. They're the trio of black holes at the middle of this. Sucking yeah, us all <laughs> in. sucking us all into this. And, um, sucking your wallets in. But then we well, yeah. yeah, exactly. But our, our combat to that is always, but you guys have not ever played a game. You've been trying to build this Horace Heresy list up for six years and never played. But in, but in the meantime, we've played so many games and events and done so much in the 40k realms. Um, I don't really understand. I mean, I know that there is a bit of a price with the Heresy because you're doing Forge World, but I mean, the amount we've spent on 40k anyway it wouldn't it, really matter because it, it's comparable now. It's you, you now you look at um, come to mind like the Castigator, the Sisters of Battle mm. Predator, basically. Um, you look at the price of that, and it's not that much more to get a Forge World Space Marine tank now. Yeah. So it's it the kind of border is closing. Okay. It's each yeah. starting to. I mean, four jobs not coming down. It's actually games work. Yeah, up. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. But GW it is getting them. closer. Yeah, well, it makes sense that Games Workshop is going to go up in price because the quality of what they're producing is going up with it in terms of the actual model quality. You can't deny how nice these plastic molds are, even though Games Workshop do still annoy everybody in terms of how they do their releases, how they do anything. But if they did it any different to that, you probably still complain about how they did it. You're probably always going to complain. It's very easy to be like. I wish they'd done it like this. I wish they'd done it like this. That's the easiest part is to receive a product and criticise it. It's harder to produce something and pump it out there and make everyone happy considering the amount of people they have to make happy is like... And the characters potentially and, and this is nothing against anybody that plays the game but I know they're, they you get the people that are quite passionate about it that mm. think that something should be done this way or they they look at a, a model when you, you update it like the Empress Champion's just been updated. I yeah. know that's potentially kind of made people go but it's not the old one it's yeah. it's a new one and stuff like that yeah no i get that but i think they're doing the best they can could they improve in certain areas they definitely could mm. could do they have the money to improve in certain areas oh, they definitely, oh, they they definitely do, do. Yeah. i'd love to see oh, them yeah. improve on um just the stuff they do like when they have those big releases and when you go onto their website and it crashes and it's buggy and you get yeah. you get so close to finishing what you're going to buy then you get crashed out and then you mm. go back on and it's all been bought by scalpers and like they do have the definitely have like the financial ability to improve these things. Yeah. Whether or not they will, I'm not too sure. Why not? Or maybe they invest it more into their sculpts, which are coming out because making molds is expensive. Um, definitely not. They're definitely not investing in how much they pay their staff, are they? Um, no, you're not wrong, mate. OG Dubs, we love you, but yeah, absolutely. But if you love something, you can still criticize it, right? Yeah, in you fact, can. You can criticize it more because you're invested in it. And yeah. You're part of the reason that it exists. Exactly. You know? We are heavily invested in it as a group, which is why you kind of want to get that. 
that return of investment from quite them. Quite a terrifying amount, yeah. I would imagine. If we all added it oh, up, we'd probably get up. quite upset. <laughs> imagine let's not do that. Let's not do that. That could let's be an episode. Do let's do it. Let's add it God, all up. No. I'm not going to be a part of that episode. <laughs> no, I'm, make sure. I'm married. I want to stay married, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't think I'll ever let Francesca find out the amount that's been spent. But like, yeah, you've got to be open and honest in your relationships, of course. Oh, but of course. not when it comes to your Warhammer spends or your magic card spends. Oh, yeah. It's the no, little yeah. white lie of, oh no, that's been in the cupboard for ages. I'm just getting around to painting it now. I love that. Yeah. I normally do that one. It's um, when she sees suddenly there's like all the stuff and she's like, you got loads of Warhammer now. I'm like, oh dear, it's ages ago. Gifts. I bought this ages ago. It's been sitting at, at Anderson's yeah. house for a while. I've just picked yeah. it up. This was a, this is so old. I didn't get this this morning or anything <laughs> when I said I was going to work. Jeez, no, absolutely not. Fantastic. Right, well, in terms of what I've been doing for hobbies this week, as per usual, my usual answer, Nothing. Um, so, consistent. Move, yeah, That's I am consistent. You've been thinking about Black Templars. I am thinking about Black Templars, and um, I'll probably dive into when the Codex releases. I'll do, um, I'll buy the Codex, do a review on the Codex, and then I'll have a little segment about that. But yeah, I am pretty much set. I will be doing the Black Templars. Um, I'll do them in grey. Um, <laughs> they've got a match theme with my Ultra Hunks, so you'll never know what's going on the table. Are they Ultra Hunks? Are they Templars? Who knows? Um, but yeah, Templars are coming, but I haven't done anything in terms of physical hobby. I've done, like, listened to audiobooks, as per usual, um, but I haven't done any actual, like, physical hobby in this week. So to throw a question at you then, Jay, um, why, why Templars? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I was, um, I went on a little bit of a splurge online. I was just on the Facebook marketplaces. I just kept buying blade guards. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. I just kept seeing people posting... Blade Guard models for like six, seven pounds. I was like, bam, buy them. Then because I was buying Blade Guard, Facebook was like pixel of me and being like, look at all these other people selling Blade Guard. So I'm like, down their algorithms. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I only needed a few more, but for some reason <laughs> I ended up with like, I think it was like, like 12, or, 12 or 16 oh. um, that, Blade that, Guards. That's too many Blade Guards. Yeah, and I was like, I have far too many Blade Guards for Ultra Hunks because I, I mean, they're not ideal in Ultramarine's army anyway. Mm. Um, I just like the model. So I was like, oh, what can I do with these? What can I do with all these blade guards? And because they're blade guards and the style of them, they just fit Black Templars. I was like, well, they look perfect for a Templars army. Um, I'll go for a Templars. And then it happened to be that then we found out all the stuff about Templars getting their codex released and stuff and started seeing bits of... So it just was like a happy accident. Um, And now I'm fully invested. I've got to think of a name for them. Because obviously I call my Ultramarines the Ultra Hunks. Um, I've got to think of something cool for the Templars. Maybe the hunky tees. I'm not too sure yet. It's got to have the word hunk in it. It's got to have the word hunk in it because all my space marines are the hunkiest ones to exist. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, so I think it's something, but that's why it wasn't really anything more than the fact that I overconsumed on (laughs) buying some blade guard. (laughs) And I just had this vision of like a purely just blade guard only, um, well, as many as you can fit in there anyway, um, Templars list. So you want almost like crusading knights, right? yeah, like yeah. stomping up the table, swords and shields, yeah. big bulky armour. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. It is literally just a crusading knights list. It's like storming up the table and just punch or slice That's cool up. as hell, man. Yeah, that it's really, really like quite thematic yeah. for it. It won't... I'll be interested to see how good it is to have that many blade guards. Um, they are really good. They are I'm, tough. I'm going to say probably very good yeah. because they're, they're quite cheap for what they do. They're, yeah. they're tough. You can transhuman them. You can, yeah. you know, they've... I think the Templars have got, is it devout push when you can like get, it's another way of getting into combat basically. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're, when they get in there, they really smash face. So. And they've got, um, like Blade Guard themselves are tough because they've got decent armour and a decent invulnerable. 
and from memory, Black Templars shrug mortal wounds. I did see something to do with that. I they think they, they anti, think they're because they're anti-psycho. They're anti-psycho. Aren't they? They're I don't know if it's just like ours or if it's just, if it's mortal, flat mortal. We'll wings. have to see. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they probably have something because I notice in 40k these days you get armies that are 40 are uh, now mortal wound output armies, mm. and then you get armies that are anti-mortal wound armies. So that seems to be what is happening. You either have a lot of mortal wound output, or you have some anti-mortal wounds in there. Yeah. Yeah. Tends to be what they're doing at the moment. So I re- I'd imagine they probably will be mortal wound anti-mortal wound in there, which. Just caps off the the weakness of blade guard is that you can bypass it with multiple wounds mm. if they can shrug it. Yeah, which would be cool. Then we just punt, put them in some impulses, and then just sprint them up the board. Have a party. Have a party. Have a good time. Do they bring out a Primaris drop pod, and then they'll be smashing in <laughs> drop pods. You've got a Primaris flamer now, haven't you? Got oh the old yeah. Templar with the yeah. burning his hands. The well, giant, the yeah. giant flamer. Got the oven glove. The yeah. classic <laughs> thing they do with Primaris is just to make everything bigger. Oh, this is a bigger version just of it. Compensator flamer. Yeah. I yeah. just definitely just got like very, very. Maybe it's because do, do Space Marines have penises? No, I don't think they do. I think it all gets I removed. Know, this, is, this is a hell of a tangent. To well, I think off. it all gets removed. Because well, otherwise, it gets. The desire does certainly, doesn't it? It all gets indoctrinated out of them and like engineered out of them. But yeah, but does the actual item. What do they have? What do they need to tinkle? They just have like a tube plugged into it. They, they probably are. just recycle it. They probably do. It probably comes out Go- and then swelling to the black carapace. <laughs> Google it. Do, 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 do Space Marines have penises? Do Space Marines have penises? Dot com. And you've got a whole different website. <laughs> you put dot com at the end of it. You've got a whole new sort of thing. Just a, like a super nice, naughty website for the Space Marines. I'm sure Marine. if you check through my history far enough back, it's something about orcs and penises and mushrooms. and. There's oh, I wonder if the orcs... Yeah, orcs, do you they do as well? I mean, they're very angry all the time. Yeah. So, you know, um, they must have just like these testosterone levels to the roof, like... Hundred yeah, percent testosterone. Yeah. But then, how do they? Don't they just sort of form out of nothing? Orcs? They're basically yeah. If you kill an orc, it it becomes spores, which mm. then kind of just grow more orcs. Yeah. So it just propagates the the, the species, which Classic. is why when they die, they just come back and they fight again. So it's the it. whole orcs is never beaten thing. You know? Hard to get rid of them, isn't it? Yeah. If you leave one orc alive on a planet and come back a hundred years later, the planet's an orc planet. Yeah. You know? They just populate. They just like out like, themselves. Uh, Mugwai gremlins. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yes. I like that. Nice oh, reference. reference there. I like it. And I yeah. knew that reference too, which is even better. Even better. Right, let's move on to the news round. Dun, dun, dun. News round. <laughs> so, this week, and I think probably the biggest thing in the news at the moment for the hobby is probably the Warhammer Plus mm-hmm. has entered the scenes. Um, that released five days ago, didn't it? Yeah. Five days ago, the Warhammer Plus. Has anyone subbed? Yes. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it. Have you not? No, I, sub- I subbed and then haven't watched. Ooh. I haven't yet. You haven't so yet. So I'm the I'm the dissenter in the room. Oh, um, nice, nice. What made you not want to sub? Um, <sighs> I basically want to see how it goes. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. There, there's so much great content out there already. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's so many battle reports. There's so many painting classes. There's such a wealth of stuff out there. Um, and it, it looks good. You know, the, what I've seen looks good, and and the. I've heard people say, you know, the, the, but you want almost time for it to build the content up before yeah. you go into it. Because I've seen people say that they've joined up, they've subbed for it, and within 24 hours they've watched everything they want to watch, and it's now like we're just waiting for the next stuff to come yeah. out. So I figured I'd, l- I'd let it build a bit of steam, you know, in a yeah. bit of uh, a repository of stuff, and then maybe jump in. So Yeah, no, that is very true. Um, I, f- I think the most, the biggest gripe for a few people was you subscribe to Warhammer Plus. Um, like well, you know, when you subscribe to Netflix and a season comes out, generally the whole season comes out with it now. Like mm. it's not very often you get a single release season anymore. Um, I think people like being spoiled by that. 
because you go into Warhammer Plus and Angels of Death has episode one. Is episode one, isn't it? On I've not even you've not I've, watched it. Have you? I'll check. Yeah, Angels of Death has episode one, so mm. like you you get that one twenty minute episode, and you're like, where's your appetite for more? Where's yeah. the rest? Where's yeah. the where's the binge watch? Like where where's the whole se- where's the whole season? Because considering this is like a big launch, and like all this stuff is behind the paywall, you have to access it. You pay this money to get to it, mm. and it's like one episode of this, and I think on the animated series, there's three episodes, and each I think there's each one. I've only watched the first one. Uh, for the animated series and I think they're all like short stories the really, Hammer really, and Bolter Hammer and Bolter yeah really good everyone's really loving it mm. but I think yeah um, in sort of GW fashion it's sort of weirdly not released enough to go with it I, I don't really plan on watching the um, battle reports from there like I, I'm not really interested in watching their battle reports I imagine they probably won't be as fun to watch as the ones we watch on YouTube mm. um, I definitely won't look at their paint series <laughs> you know you're probably not the target audience for that mate, yeah so yeah um, obviously you get access to the Warhammer 40k app to build your list on um, I've tried that a couple of times I'm still more of a Battlescribe fan mate aren't that. we all aren't we yeah, all yeah. yeah I've used it and I'm just something about it is just not as good it's just not right I don't know what it is I don't know why GW seems to do this they just seem to do something and make it not as good as someone else who was I, doing it well I, I think the thing for me is I just want them to create one app mm. that lets you do 40k, Age of Sigma. Not that bothered about that. Mm. Uh, all of their game systems in one app, mm. because otherwise you end up with multiple apps. And I know I think Warhammer Plus you pay and you get the Age of Sigma app and eventually yeah. you get the 40k. But they're still app. separate apps. But it's all yeah. separate apps. Mm. And whereas something like you say Battlescribe is, you can have it all in one place. Mm. Yeah. Which. I love. Yeah, no, that's true because I've got the Warhammer TV app and like the, to have access to all the things that are on there, which is cool. But then the the um, the Warhammer Vault that you pay for, which comes with like White Dwarf and like Law Bits, is uh, I have to go. I don't know. I don't think it's on the app. I've got to go online and go through the My Warhammer page, go to the Warhammer Vault, to then look at that. So it's all on separate things. It's not all tidy up in one yeah. sort of. It'd be nice to have the like the Warhammer Plus app where you get access to everything that's involved in there. And not have to keep going to different things to do different stuff. It, it's still, it seems strange to me that that GW as a company, you know, they almost get it right. There's there's so many things they've done where they've almost got it right, mm. but not quite. You know, like with the app launch and yeah. with this now, and just with some of their online stuff, especially. You think the resources they've got and the talent yeah. in the company and the people they've got access to, and they never seem to get it 100. percent You know, yeah, and the don't. potential there is is. Unbelievable. Well, you know. Even with the Angels of Death, um, I think Wolby's point this out as well. It's such a cool like animated series on there. <laughs> the mouths are ridiculous. The mouths just move so terribly and are so off-putting because I just end up not... I have to look just at their eyes. If I start looking at their whole face and their mouth, when you see their mouth is all like out of, out of whack, it's like... How much have they spent uh, how, on this? How have you done this when you've got this? <laughs> yeah. Like, how have you? Have you fucked this up? Yeah, man? come on, you like, were so close. You were yeah. almost there. Like some of it looks yeah. so good, and then they talk, and they're like, rah, 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 rah. and it's just like, what's going on here? You've made the space marine look lame with mm. his with his like mouth just going all over the place. And I think I, I was reading a couple of days ago as well that some I think it was Wolvie and it was a couple of other people that had said similar things. Mm. Was the fan. Art, like the Astartes oh, on YouTube, yeah. everybody had got so used to like that was amazing. That yeah. was kind of you picture that, and that's a Space Marine top tier. And I yeah. think they'd kind of were like, well, you. I think they hired a lot of those people to yeah. do this. Yeah, they hired. And it's I, kind of okay. What 
what is this? You've mm. almost like not not done what you promised. I yeah, yeah, I don't know whether they set limitations on them or you know they they've changed the process or the way they work or something, but it's just they've taken something which was already good, and it's just it's a shame because you just want them to succeed and you want. You know things like Space Marines storming down a corridor, and you want the weight of the armor and the noise. You can the really feel it in yeah. yeah, but you can't you know. feel it in Angels of Death. You, you can't. There's a cool bit when like he's standing there and like he's shooting his storm bolter, and then he pulls out his sword, and it's really cool. And you hear him scream for the Emperor, and the voice is actually really quite good. Mm. Um, but yeah, what Astartes captured was like the the weight. You could feel the weight of everything, like the, the sound. And a bolter fires, the, and it's. Like hefty, yeah. like you can feel it, and they they've lacked that. They haven't really added that I've element. Got four words for you boys, right? Because you're both gamers and stuff as yeah. well, right? Dawn of War trailer. Yes, the original now, Dawn of War trailer. Even now yeah. that dreadnought yeah. when he picks the picks the orc up and squashes him, yeah. and yeah. the daka daka and everything, and the second trailer as well with the elder with the howling banshees when they come flying through the woods oh, and stuff. Good. Unbelievable, man! Yeah. That level, and it just gives you goosebumps, yeah. right? and it just captures the the yeah. essence of why it's cool. And that's a long time ago now, and they don't seem to have taken uh, that next step. Yeah, but. I don't understand why. And um, talking of the Dawn of War, like the game Space Marine, mm. I don't know if either of you Fantastic played that, game, yeah. but that the cutscenes in that is kind of a bit like you you're firing a bolter, and it feels. I don't know how a bolt would feel, but it but just kind of how you imagine cool. it. It's, like, yeah. it's a mini yeah. rocket launcher. Yeah, it feels heavy and yeah. cool. Yeah, and they, they seem to lack it. And I hope I hope the feedback means they work on it, but GW don't tend to. They're probably just they like, they, they just tend to go, like what Wolfie said. They didn't accept anything that he said. They just mm. went, oh, we've got plenty more coming every Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, cool, fantastic. It's every generic Wednesday. response number yeah. one, isn't it? But yeah. how about you, like, Listen to your feedback. Listening to like explain to us why you've missed that element. Why is that mm. Angels of Death series lacking that like rawness that like Astartes had? You've literally got that person on your team, now, haven't you? Yeah. 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 Have you have you reined him in and made it, it harder for him? Like, it's a bit of a disconnect somewhere. I, think, yeah. I don't know where, but yeah. it's but you you look at the talent and the the imagination and the skill set mm. that the GW employees as a whole have got. Yeah. And you just think that's such a great resource to tap into, you know. And they everybody knows. What a bolter should sound like, yeah. and what it should look like when a space marine punches a Gretchen or whatever happens, yeah. you know. Um, and we all see it in our minds when we're playing the game, but yeah. it just it, they they haven't quite got it. I really hope they do because if they can consistently get that, you know, in their kind of animations and in their in their stuff. I mean, the the cutscene for um, the latest the ninth edition, you know, with the sister battle and the Necrons when yeah. they're getting melted by yeah. gauze flares really and all cool. that shit amazing but it's it's a snapshot of that that's awesome mm. and it, it doesn't seem to be taken it's, it's really weird because it's like you've they've done it they've produced that bit of content and it's fantastic why why can't you make that into like a series like yeah. why is it then the thing you've produced as a series mm. is like subpar in comparison yeah. to the thing you use as an advert like you obviously got the technology and the capability to do it like how come that's not I don't know if that's because they're like the angels of death when you watch you'll notice it's like the colour scheme's all different and it's all like I think they're trying to keep it like kind of muted and dark, dark and grungy and stuff. But like, which is interesting. Mm. But it's kind of just not what you want. You, like when you see the trailer and like the, like the Indomitus trailer and stuff like that, you're like, this is really cool. This is what you want to be seeing. Yeah. You want to see this, but more. Like that's what you want to be seeing. But that was almost like it was almost like a re-rendered version of the Dawn of War trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was that kind of similar action, evocative, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But mm. and I'm kind of hoping that the reason is is because they announced they kind of went off and hired all those those third party creators a few I can't remember what it was it was early this year I think um 
but what will have actually happened is in theory they would have had all of the Warhammer Plus stuff done before that mm. so maybe they haven't started to draw on that talent or they're drawing on it yeah. for future stuff so yeah. that was like the first one is, is the hope yeah mm. that maybe now they've brought these people in to improve that as it goes on because that's what GW do they want to they see what people are doing which is clever clever business model mm. like you know you see people doing battle reports we should sell our own battle reports you see people doing um, animations we should do that and offer it as a service which is yeah. the right thing to do as a business i think unfortunately though they've, they've hit that sort of loyalty block haven't they where those like like all of us here are all really big proponents of tabletop tactics right we all watch yeah. all of their stuff and yeah they, you know love all their content they're, they're a fantastic group of people and to have the warhammer about reports now it's like well i'll just keep watching the tabletop stuff yeah. because i know those guys you know i feel like i know them you're a bit late to the party yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know they're trying to tap into something which has already got you know so the worry then becomes um, how long is it before GW do what they've done with animate creators and be like you can't do this anymore you can't make money from your bat reports we close your channels down or we yeah like I how long till they do that because they want everyone to watch their version world of fucking trouble yeah. man they, they yeah. I think they'd lose, probably lose too many they would yeah they'd burn a lot of yeah, because yeah. you've got like tabletop tactics. You've got there's all sorts, isn't there? I mean, you, yeah. Well, the cool thing with these with these channels is that they're on YouTube. They're free to access. You can get into the hobby by accidentally stumbling across a video on YouTube. The Warhammer Plus stuff is is you have to pay to access it. So it only really targets people who are already involved with the business. That's a really good point. So like yeah. for GW, they should they must and I assume they must understand that these YouTube channels, these free animations, these free like like info channels like Balrack and everything and also like, those tactics those yeah, free advertisements they yeah. must know that these yeah. people push their stuff out for free and allows new people to the hobby to see it without having to pay to access it then once you're drawn in and you start buying you start, then you probably will pay for the Warhammer Plus but like I hope they don't just start cancelling every single one because they're only going to screw themselves because I'm not going to see I wouldn't see this and be like oh what's Warhammer oh what's Warhammer Plus I'm going to pay to subscribe to it yeah. first to find out what it is. Just in case I like Just it. Just in case I like it. No, I'm gonna I wouldn't pay for anything like that until I know I'm a fan of it. Like like that's how it works. From watching all the YouTube and watching all this, I've been out that's for me has built me up to be excited to see what they released on their Warhammer Plus. I'll I could have the ability to still watch YouTube and still watch them. You haven't got to cancel these out yeah. in order to allow your stuff to thrive. I don't think you don't need to worry about that. And I think it's quite good in a way for the I as we've already established, I haven't watched any of it. I'm subscribed, but not watched any. I think it's it's quite good to watch a non-company that does it do it because, like, you'll watch the, the the we keep saying it, but tabletop tactics and things, and you'll see them uh, pick up on a mistake that they've made, or they'll they won't they'll make those human errors. Whereas I think the way that I see Games Workshop doing it is they won't make those errors because they know it inside out, back to front. Yeah. So you won't learn as much from it. It's almost more for entertainment. Whereas yeah. I like the tabletop tactics things. I watch and I go, oh, I didn't realise that interacted in that way or that's yeah. a cool way to do that and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it, it, it's the characters, isn't it, as well? Like, yeah. I mean, we obviously we talked about TD. There's like Winters as well as one of my yeah, favourite guys to watch. Yeah, there, and yeah. His, um, and like the, all the DZT TV stuff. Um, and there's loads of guys that I follow on YouTube or follow on Instagram and, and watch videos of. And it's because of them as people. It's not so much of, the, you know... They, they might be great painters or they might be you know really good at the game but also they're just funny or they make me laugh or they just you know they get shit wrong and they're like yeah. oh no fuck that up and we'll go back and we'll sort that out and and you watch it for that and I feel like the, the games workshop stuff because it's their own in-house corporate mm. you know work they're not going to be allowed 
Maybe I'm wrong. You know, well, I hope I am. But yeah, probably have to be a bit more that fun. Reserved. A bit more clean cut, a bit more reserved. Yeah. You've got all the GW guidelines to go alongside that, haven't you? Um, so you can always imagine that you know the ones who are going to be doing it will get pulled out of their day schedules. They were given like a, an hour and a half slot to film this thing. They'll go to an editing team. Then it'll be done like it'll be more clinical and less sort of like raw as opposed to some of these um, the ones we do currently watch on YouTube. They're they're not limited by GW's rules in terms of how they can act and what they can do and how they can play and the things they can talk about. It's just a little bit more interesting. I can't imagine GW about it. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm talking before I've even seen it. Um, so maybe we'll watch a battle report and it might be the best thing in the it world. It might be, mate. And it, may, it might, might make me remove my um, subscription to Tabletop Tactics. Who knows? Who knows? I but doubt it because I really words. like... Yeah, I don't think I would um, because they're, they're my favourite one. Them and, him, them and Winters are my favourite at the moment. Yeah. I think what you said, Carl, as well, you're talking about the people. You follow the people. Mm. Look at someone like um, Duncan. Yeah, he was the Games Workshop face of Games Workshop painting, and he obviously left and is bright. And I watch, I'll watch his painting videos. He may not be painting Games Workshop stuff, but mm. it's still, it, you learn things, and that, that's because of him as a person. I think. Yeah. Mm. Everyone liked a little bit of dunk, didn't they? Oh mate, I, I, I had two thin coats. Did you? <laughs> Games Workshop, I did. I've got oh, a, a picture mate. of him, and he was just, he was the sweetest guy. He was um, nice. A couple of years ago, I was up there and um, I was in the shop just buying some stuff and he walked past and I thought, if I don't ask him to get a photo, I'm going to feel like, oh, we should have. So I had a bit of a fangirl moment. And nice. he, was, he was lovely. You did it. Yeah, man. And I he love was, it. He was a cool dude. Oh, he would love a bit of fangirl. And that's probably quite strange for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think. to feel like celebrities like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a, He was on a podcast I was listening to and he said he was on holiday with his, his uh, girlfriend, I think, in Poland and he got off a bus and this guy started like yelling at him and came off the bus and he had his Necron Codex with him and he was reading it on the way back from college or something and he got him to like, you know, sign the book oh, and stuff. And amazing. his girlfriend was like, what is this? This is madness, you know, in the middle of a foreign country. Yeah, and Dunk was like, yep, uh, he's such a, He's such a cool, he, he, it feels like from listening to him talk and stuff, it's kind of come as a bit of a shock. Yeah. And he still doesn't, he's still, but like I'm just I'm just me, you know. But yeah. But I think that's where you get a lot of that personality. He from, accidentally isn't it? became that, like a cult hero, didn't he? Yeah. For, sort of without trying. Yeah, really. without meaning to, just because of that that sort of personality and that sort of person and like the the goodness of them spreads. Mm. Um. So yeah, well done, well done, Duncan man. Oh yeah. What a all dude. The, all the love to Duncan. What a fantastic guy. Speaking of fantastic guys, I have two beside me. Both of these fantastic guys have some subjects they want to discuss. We'll start with Carl, who's got some angry rant coming our way. Well, so uh, apologies <laughs> for language and angry flares. <laughs> and if you feel like you need to punch me during this, Carl, just go for it, mate. I wouldn't mind. Not at all, buddy. No, it's, I, I fancy an old man rant, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd give it a go. Um, it's something that we talked about as a group. I know, sort of on and off for you know for a long time. Um, and it's interesting because it's something that everybody I think's got an, an opinion on. And it's the competitive crowd mm. of which we're not part of because we, you know, we don't tend to go to tournaments and stuff. And, and I know we all, to an extent, keep up with you know the meta and what's what's happening and all that. But it, it's the disconnect, I'd say, between the competitive crowd and the rest of us who are just playing the game for fun with our mates in the you know yeah. in our living rooms. Um, and particularly, there's there's a because um, obviously the new orc books come out for some of us, but not all of us. And there was a list that went to a tournament and, and won it. Mm. And it was um, basically buggy spam. It was like nine scrap jets and nine shot jump. Uh, oh, sorry, nine okay. squig buggies. And a few like scatterings of troops and stuff and commandos and bits and bobs. But it just basically cherry picked the best stuff and, yeah. and smashed the hell out of everyone at this tournament with it. And it's 
that kind of in a microcosm for me made me think, well, that's that's where that disconnect is because mm. a it's taking eighteen of something, whereas most of us would take one or two. Yeah. But it, my sort of concern with that is that Games Workshop are going to see that and think, oh well, this this stuff's overpowered now, so we need to nerf this. Yeah. Or put the points up, or make it not as good. So for the rest of us, especially considering like we've hardly played any games yet, yeah, we're going to get excuse the phrase fucked by this yeah. because we're going to reap the kind of you know the, the, the consequences yeah. of that yeah um, and it, it you look at tournament lists and stuff and the way that they play and this is not a knock on people who play tournaments at all you know the mindset and stuff is yeah. something that I can completely understand and appreciate from a distance you know I, I would never that's not my cup of tea but I can see you know the, the kind of benefit of that and the tactical play and yeah. I appreciate how they how their minds work but it can kill the non-competitive scene in the sense that yeah. like, I get what you're saying where someone's producing a list which has got Eight of this model, nine of this model. It's not a thematic list. It's not cool. Loads of blade guard, for example. Loads of blade guard, for example. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, and like then that smashes a tournament out. The, like, everyone loves it. It's fantastic. It wins. Then it gets nerfed, and everyone know who like us who brings one of those models and a bunch of other models because we like to have a variety of models out. That gets nerfed because someone's bought a hundred thousand of them to a, to a, yeah, man. To a tournament. It, and you want something with a bit of teeth, right? Like, yeah. we all love playing, like, thematic lists and stuff, and yeah. it's really good to have games with your mates, but you also want to have a chance to, to do some stuff. Yeah, you know, you've got to enjoy bits. it. Um, and so it's that element of where does that balance lie, you know? And and it's almost like... I was talking to Anders, who's one of the guys in the chat as well, um, and he was saying it's almost like you need two different versions of the game. You know, you need a competitive version of 40K, and then yeah. you need, like, a kind of... Casual. Yeah, casual, like casual garage yeah. hammer, whatever you want to call it. But you imagine it asking GW to produce a codex, a competitive codex, and like a casual yeah, codex. They can't even I think produce. they can't produce <laughs> they can't <laughs> produce one version of a codex very well without yeah. some mistakes. And like I think unfortunately with that you then end up they'll either over focus on one version of it, like mm. the the competitive codex would be fantastic, the casual one would just be weird and terrible. Yeah, you um, get all the kind of strange stuff in there. Yeah. But, and it like, because Goonhammer is one of my favourite sites to go on, and yeah. I know you guys, you yeah. know, because they've got loads of information on there, and they go into like real deep dives into yeah, stuff. Yeah, they do. And they talk a lot about competitive stuff on there mm. because that's their focus, you know. Yeah. So you you can it's really interesting to read, but it just feels like there's this kind of knock on effect, you know, and it's it's something which I think is the, the the power premium you know increases, and the more and more books come out, you see it more and more. Everything's getting more lethal. You know, mm. stuff's dying quicker. Yeah. Um, the amount of stuff you watch where on turn one, you know, things are getting wiped out, and yeah. you're like, dude, the game's not even started yet. Do you know what I mean? And it, it takes almost away from that tactical element because yeah. everything kills whatever it, it looks like. The out, most you know. powerful credit yeah. at the time is more suited to kill what's out there, and then mm. something else comes along to match the next most powerful thing. Um, which kind of is like a kind of raises the question about whether or not like do you do it's it's annoying and everyone hates it but do you need to have power creeps in order to create a rotation uh, if everything was always constantly at the equal level would you constantly just be like nubbing on each other do you think it's like um just thinking like in magic the way they they the, the way they rotate in standard to keep things fresh yeah. do you need a little bit of power creep every now and then to keep a bit of freshness in case you do end up with one side of faction that always sits at the top. So on the flip side to the power creep, you do have, is it, are they trying to keep a fresh, a fresh rotation and just doing it really badly because they're GW and they don't do things well. Um, you can, can you see where they're possibly coming from or what they're trying to do? Obviously they're business too. Power creep drives sales in a certain faction. Um, 
you know, we all get annoyed when Space Marines are the only ones doing well. So it is nice to see. Well, you don't, but everyone else. I, I love it at all times. <laughs> I think it's, I believe is how it should always be. But you know, that's just me. Um, yeah, like to see Admex smash and become really good was really nice. And then to see this new orc list come up is actually really good. It's not so nice to see like six of this model, eight of this model, nine of this model, and come yeah. along and smash it because it's like, well, that's not a realistic version of the game. The whole point of the, of the tabletop version of the game is to capture the lore of the game in physical form, in my opinion. It's to play the game based on all the things you read and create those scenes yourself. Mm. Um, but all, thi all things we do, there's always going to be a competitive version of it. It happens in magic, it happens in sports, it happens in online gaming, it happens in everything. Yeah, you have to create competition. Um, and because some people do love it. And like, mm. there, are, there, are, there is a huge, huge... Um, populace of people out there who enjoy competitive gamers so you can see why they'll keep doing that power group because there's so many people who will be into it I think for me the I, I kind of agree mm. I think that it's good to have a rotation and it makes people have to think because when all of a sudden you've gone from tier 1 down to tier 2 or whatever, however you want however you want to phrase it you have to suddenly go okay well I used to just be able to do this but mm. now I've got to deal with this so therefore I might use a way of playing that I've not used before yeah. and I noticed that when I looked uh, last week I think it was Games Workshop did their post about the Meta Watch where they kind of give you the stats and stuff like that and yeah. then, um, one of the things I noticed and was picked up I think by Anders in the group was that um, the combined forces of the hive mind there's only one army mm. but they had over a 50% win ratio and that's Gene Steeler Cult, which I think we can all agree are... So far, when we've played them, have been rubbish. And to mm. see them doing well... Yeah, combined with Tyranids as well, which is, in my mind, it's fluffy, it's thematic. Mm. That's how but they're be. also doing well, Yeah, which is quite cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I think the frustration comes from us all enjoying the game the way we play it. And, yeah. and we, we don't want to be, you know, yeah. exclusive to anybody, you know, as a, as a hobby... This hobby works when it's inclusive, when everybody can come in and can play yeah. whatever level they want, you know. Um, and it's just seeing that there are so many different ways to play the game and everybody's opinion is valid, you know, I mm. take that. And like I say, I don't think we need we, we need to have the competitive part of the hobby because there are certain people, that's what they play. Yeah. And it also drives a lot of the the tactical ways of playing that we use, you know. something will, Someone will figure something out, yeah. you know, and it will be maybe something that we wouldn't have feel, thought of. But yeah. they'll be like, oh, well, you can do this interaction and this unit can work this way. And um, you could be like, well, that's great, that's really cool. But when it's taken to the point of almost like the, the bleeding edge, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's just, it feels, I mean, I suppose I'm speaking from a perspective of, you know, the, the Orcs in my army that I love to play and they've just had a new book and it's really exciting. And then it just feels like someone's come along and kind of said, right, how can I break this? How yeah. can I take this to the point where... It's just it's just a weapon to hit someone with, you know. Yeah. It's like a it's like a blunt object to to batter someone, yeah. and not playing it thematically, and I'm not playing it because I love the faction, and by extension, as soon as a nerf happens or as soon as it becomes something that people have figured out how to play, mm. those people who are on that bleeding edge will just jump to the next thing, yeah. And it's almost like the guys like us who play the faction and are invested stick in it stick to the faction no matter what. It, yeah, we're left with the kind of the fallout. Yeah. and they just move on to the next thing and yeah. they just jump yeah. on that next army I get what you mean with that yeah you've got the, the tournament players who will just bring the latest thing and constantly yeah. bring the latest thing and lots of it dump it to the side when, when something overtakes the nerf comes in everyone else who plays more casually gets the brunt of the nerf because we still want to use the factions we like to use so I get what you mean with that yeah that does make sense um, 
it's, it's going to be one of those things forever where like it's always going to be a competitive versus casual mm. and like whether or not they work side by side or whether or not they probably should have put a caveat on this that actually there's no answer you know, we're not going to yeah. fix this it's yeah. not an issue it's a, it's a rant solve. isn't it yeah, yeah it's an yeah. angry it's an angry rant old man rant number we love one it. well I used to play a game um, I don't know if you ever played Halo Wars when that came out mm. and um, I went me and my mates would go and play online we would make a varied like out of base making lots of different things next to you know the three players you're against one person is just spaffed out loads of um, what's the big tank called in Halo can't remember what it's called Someone spaffed out tanks, someone spaffed out flyers, and someone else has spaffed out um, another thing. So everyone you played against, it was who could make that the quickest. And you just see like 300 of these tanks coming at you. And I'd have like one because I decided <laughs> to make one tank and a bunch of troops to go with it, like like thematically. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, so we started doing that. We'll start playing that version of the game online. It just became who was faster mm-hmm. at producing 100 versions of the same thing to march up the board and do, do damage. Yeah. Uh, which is what happens when you see the competitive scene when someone does bring like eight of this head of this flyer, six of these vehicles, and a few of these little troops to go with it. It's not really a thematic list. It's like when the Eldar had their like competitive flyer list, and everyone was just like their flyers were just coming out all over the place. Yeah, it's just you. The competitive scene is about finding the things that work really well, multiplying them, and smashing them into someone. Yeah, and, and I, I get being efficient, but it just it seems like. It is a different game. At the end of the day, you know, we could we could put our army down on the table, mm. and we could play someone who's competitively playing another army that isn't, you know, in the meta very good or isn't perceived as to be very good, and we get fucking destroyed because just the way they would play yeah. would be completely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, every unit is not looked at as the model. The unit is looked at as a statistic. It's an efficiency. It? Yeah. It's yeah. that unit is ten wounds, this much output, this much. This yeah. unit is the x amount of wounds this much output, this much stuff. I'm going to use this unit, sacrifice this unit, so this can do this. Whereas I'm like, no, don't touch my blade gun. Don't touch my tactical marines. I need to keep them yeah, safe. I don't well, just... Company, like, company champion going into a Katan probably yeah. wouldn't have done that in a... In a competitive it, game, yeah. no. But it was it was funny. It's thematic, yeah. He probably wouldn't be on the table in a competitive game, and that's the shame for me. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I think you miss out on, is those moments where something cool happens, incredible yeah. happens. Yeah, you're like... But but then I suppose the the counter argument to that would be that's not what they play the game for. You know you don't go to a tournament to to have those cinematic moments. No. I mean you do to an extent, but that's not your driving force. Your driving force is to win. You're yeah. there to play three or four games in a day, high speed games, win, go on that yeah. table, just smash your opponent, one. leave yeah. leave, go to the next table, win, and then leave that day with a massive headache and a trophy. Yeah, yeah I mean like, t- tournaments. You having done one many years ago, you don't necessarily go to. And I know you. it's fun because you're doing your hobby and you're probably with people that you know because if you're in the tournament scene, you know everybody. But it's not the most relaxing atmosphere. No. It's very bang, bang, bang. You've got two hours or an hour and a half, whatever, to play this game. Yeah. Then two, five-minute break, another, another game. It's very kind of... You have to want to do it. It's not yeah. something you go for... I listened to um, a podcast a while ago, a Warhammer podcast, and they were talking about how they prep for tournaments and Mm. the efficiency of what they have to do when they get there, the way they pack. Everything has to be so efficient. Like your models need to be easy access when you're walking around, but easy to carry around at the same time. You have to have like efficient ways of going through your books, have your list prepared, like pre printed to give your opponent, Mm. but for each opponent that day. Um, it's you have to be so efficient, and it's like you get there, you find out where your table is, you find your table, you play your game. You get five minutes to find your next table, play your next game. You got a two-hour window to play it. The longer you take to set up, the less time you get. It's all mm. very like 
I just and I don't think I'd enjoy that. And the only way I think I'd enjoy a tournament is when we almost did one, and I was yeah. going to be on your team, and it's just going to be like a smash up tournament. We're, we're just going to play a Warhammer World. I think it was a Warhammer World, was it? Doubles tournament. Yeah, I think it was. And yeah. we're just going to get really pissed and throw dice and play orcs. Yeah, we're going to take the kind of beer and beer and pretzels mindset into yeah. the tournament. But I think because as a group, I think we're going to play a kind of mini tournament. We were talking about it the other day about playing more competitive games just to see what see what we can do. You yeah. know, because we don't generally like we normally play you know quite a relaxed way. But I don't want this to come across as an anti-tournament player yeah. section because it's not. It's just looking at how that miss how, how that kind of um spectrum i guess of playing can yeah. be encompassed in one hobby and could not have that impact you know um yeah and i don't know what the answer is maybe the people listening do maybe someone can tell us maybe know. they just didn't maybe they just yeah, didn't. maybe it's just... one of the things that we just have to constantly deal with the, i mean the good thing like we said about tournaments is it keeps the rotation mm-hmm. keeps the spread on the meta it keeps gw looking at what's going on and making new things it allows you to go from top tier to low tier you, know, you have to react to that if you want to stick with your faction um, it does have it does have its benefits, um, so yeah. I think I think tournaments are just one of those ones where you either love them or you hate them. Some yeah, casual. Some people like casual. Some people hate it. Some people find casual really annoying. It's like I'll oh, get over it and just play the game. <laughs> yeah. Like stop trying to don't be so upset about whether I'm taking this and you're taking that and if mine is a power group and yours is not, you're making it because sometimes playing casually and that kind of can become more stressful. There's been times when I'm just kind of like don't want to play anymore because it's like everything I take is a problem and mm. like, I wouldn't want that to be the case too. So casual can be just as annoying as tournament play. Because yeah. yeah. at what point when you're playing casual is, does you, do you get that moment between someone's got a bit too much competitiveness in their casual yeah. list, someone's casual list is too much of a laugh. Um, yeah. At what point then you end up with like, well, I thought we were taking a casual list but you've got this, this and this and I've got this, this and this and so then does it become more poisonous in that end too? Because you like at the end of the day I guess you kind of have to have the mindset of Fuck it, I'm just gonna play. Just gonna play. Play what's on the table. Play what's on the table. Because you might have the you might have a tactical list and a competitive list, but you might roll ones all day, and I might have a day where I'm rolling like lots of sixes, and uh, if I'm Carl, I'm rolling sixes every single time. <laughs> um, you never know. So it, it still comes down to that too. Obviously, you're normally when you play competitively, you're trying to make those rolls go in your advantage with either weight of dice or re-roll or like you're trying to statistically and mathematically give yourself an edge. Um, if you can be bothered to think that deep into it, I normally can't. I'm just like bam, bam, smash them out there. But yeah, so casual can be just as irritating as competitive, in the sense that sometimes it can be quite difficult to determine what is casual with, within your group. It's all balance, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's whatever level of play you have, it's always you and the person you're playing are understanding where you're coming from and like yeah. what you're putting on the table. But like our, our Anders again, going back to him, he's the Abbot player in the group. Yeah. And, and I know that he's felt in the past and quite recently that he's being punished for his army being really good mm. and it's not fair and it's almost like his army's too good and we don't want to play against it because yeah. we take the piss out of each other a lot you know it's yeah. part of the process and at the moment his army's on the top, top of the pile tier, yeah. um, but I get where he's coming from you know and, and it was it was weird because when the Orc book came out it wasn't that you know the, the Dark Elder book came out and was mental yeah. and the Admech book came out and was just as mental and then the Orcs came out and they were good but not great and it yeah. was almost like breathe a sigh of relief like well, I'm glad my army isn't fucking broken because yeah. that means people aren't going to just say well your army's one it's not you it's the what you're putting out it's all the bullshit yeah. you know and, and I think it makes it difficult for like an Admech player or a Drakari player or at the time Death Guard players when you've got a book that there are no 
bad choices. Yeah. If that makes sense, because you've then got armies like an old like there's some some armies that they have quite a number of bad choices that people want to take them because they're fluffy. Mm. But as soon as you go against one of the books where nothing is bad, yeah, they just get wiped off the floor and you don't get to enjoy them as much. Yeah. And again, that's nothing. Again, that's not the player. That's that's it's. Obviously, it's a dice-based game, so it's luck, but it, it's some units. It's just happen. what happens. Yeah, it is just what happens, and like it all depends on the, your opponent too. So, like with the Admech, I'll take whatever Andy's puts out, and I'll take it with, uh, with like a laugh because I've played some. I've roughly. played some horrific Admech, <laughs> yes. and he and I, I like it because I know I'm I'm easy to play with like that, and I'm quite calm about it, and I like that he can bring whatever he wants. He mm. can he can ta- he can make a meme list. He can make a smashy list. He can bring whatever he wants to the table, and I'll just give it a go. More often than not, to to a massive loss. <laughs> not even like slightly competitive games lately against Admic, but um, but then that's also. How many horses was it in that one game? I think twenty-seven. I think something like that. Yeah, Just three units. As well. And then there was like three free flies on like a small board at one point, and then like twenty t- units of twenty Vanguard, whatever they're called. Um, with like rerolls and exploding fours and all this sort of stuff, and I was just like just railed down on. Um, but at the same time, the flip side to that, I'm overly not competitive with some of my lists, and I, I just, I don't really bring much in terms of like, try. I, I that's just how I play. So mm. it'd be wrong for me to complain. If as long I, as you have fun. Yeah. If I was complaining, but then I get, and then you look at my list, and I'm bringing the most unsynergized, uncompetitive list out there. I, what I can't complain. If I like, mm. it's up to me. If I want to try harder, if I want to take on Admech and have a better chance, I should play a bit harder on my end I shouldn't just like mm. joke about with my units and try and do things so it all comes down to both players and how they want to do yeah. it yeah. like yeah I, I'm, I'm really not fast you can bring whatever you want Calm. as long as it's not the Nightbringer bring whatever you want as long as it's not the Nightbringer you love the Nightbringer I do love the I do I love the Nightbringer because it's such a challenge I want to face him again because I want to mm. I want to show him what's up so when you bring um, the Void Dragon on that game I was so like yeah fucking bring that Void Dragon my way I'm going to absolutely annihilate him Dude, which it. I think I did I you think did, I yeah. did. Technically, because no one really remembers anything about the game <laughs> apart from the fact that my company champion ended the Void Dragon. Yeah. And that's all that mattered in that game. No one matters. It doesn't matter that you won. All that matters is that the, 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 the champion... Void, the Void Dragon died. The champion done his thing. It's the same when um, Gilliman done that final shot on Morty in that game. It doesn't matter what happened in that big, like... Oh, that's like an 8,000 point game. It doesn't matter. The fact is that I will constantly say that Gilliman can take down Morty any day because that one game we played I got one shot him at the end. I took that one final wound off. So these these are the moments that matter in this game. That's true. That's true. And maybe maybe that's what we can take away from this is that you can still you can still enjoy your game and you can have those moments even if you're getting destroyed, right? Even mm. if you're getting wiped off the table you can still have those little sparks of yeah. things that happen and you're like that's what I'm going to remember the yeah. fact that 95% of my army's dead yeah. it's just one of those things. And, and as you said Jason it's it, it, because it's a dice game, it, you can skew it in your favour. Mm. But if the dice are on your, you can you have these moments. If you roll really well, like yeah. you can have these these fun moments that stick with you. Like our first game, Marines versus Necrons, when the only dice that James could roll for some reason was just fours on everything. Constantly rolling fours. Everything I'd done, four upset, four upset. He just saved everything. He just saved that absolutely everything. I didn't understand. I've never seen so many fours rolled in a game. Doesn't make sense. Well, I've done it. The Nightbringer is, we keep talking about the Nightbringer. I quite he's like a, him. He's a bad, he's, he's a, bad a guy. He's a great guy. You're in a minority of one to two. Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was played against Wolvie, first time I'd ever used him. 
and he mowed through everything. But the thing that sticks with me was that Wolvie killed him in the end because he charged him with a plague burst crawler. Nice. Nightbringer killed it. He then made the plague burst crawler blow up, which killed the Nightbringer. And that was just like. Storylines. Yeah. Storylines, storylines, storylines. And he fucking deserved it. He deserved he? it. Yeah. He deserved Every Screw time one of your little star gods get killed by something, we're all just like. Yeah. yeah, secretly, or just a bit happier. Not yeah. very secret at all. Not yeah, no, not really. like just fully in your face. <laughs> How about, uh, even though he's, you've won the game, you've killed most of our army, but we're like, yeah, but you've lost this guy. You That's lost what, a god. You lost him, her, that thing, <laughs> whatever it is. Anyway, moving forward because Jamesy, 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 you want to chat about some heresy, Horus. Horus heresy. Those dark and grueling times in the thirty k world the, where the grim dark where, world where he. Turned his back on the beloved emperor and the rest of How did he do that? How did he do such a thing? And, um, you know, it's not not really my favourite kind of guy, this Horace dude. Not a fan of him. You know? He's alright. Erebus is the Erebus guy. Erebus is the guy. Yeah. Erebus is the guy. Erebus is Magnus is alright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on Magnus. now. Come on now. Magnus didn't do anything wrong. He's a, he's he tried a, to do the good he thing. He tried to do the good he thing. He just did it, went about it the wrong he way. He just didn't do it he in the way. He tried it and really spectacularly yeah. fucked it up, didn't he? Yeah. He got it really yeah. wrong. He did yeah. it really wrong. But yeah. anyway. Oh, Magus. What Ma- a guy, Maggie Poo. Maggie, but Maggie. Yeah, Erebus is a is a. Oh. Or the guy that who is named is Erebus, but yeah. Yeah. Erebus and his wobbly eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that gift. Yeah. So. Fuck's sake, I love it. So but, yeah, you want to you want to discuss some heresy and some what, like thirty thirty k slash forty k kind of comparisons. Yeah, I think the initial bit for me was going to be more around having played eighth and subsequently ninth since inception and not playing a game of was essentially seventh hmm. since. Eighth came out. It was quite interesting to, in my mind, look at the differences of the two games. Because you played a big game of thirty k this weekend, didn't you? Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday. So we did ten k aside, um, heresy game, and it was. Which took six years, by the way, to finally happen. <laughs> heresy, <laughs> play thirty k. You'll be ready in six years. <laughs> Don't tell Ollie that he's gone through about thirty thousand points of thirty k in that time. Um, but it was it was really interesting to. Firstly, get back into the mindset of playing that game, mm. but also seeing some of the differences. So, some of the key things, and one of the things that I've all, I've, I've well, not always said, but recently been saying, is the stratagems in forty k. To me, feel, and this is just my opinion. This is everybody's entitled to their own opinion. This is, I just think that sometimes you end up people building around one stratagem, mm. or stratagems can undo a potential mistake that someone's made yeah. and then you don't learn from that mistake necessarily because you've just gone oh I'll pay 2cp to deal with that to, do, to deal with it or yeah. to do it and in heresy there is no re-rolls there mm. is no transhuman there is no none of this stuff um, and there were occasions yesterday where you just you rolled a dice and yes you may have re-rolled it but you can't you've mm. just fucked up kind of refreshing almost that you can't if, when your opponent rolls badly in 40k you're like well wait, here we go Something's going to happen. Why well, it's going to work anyway? He's going to get a re-roll. He's going to pay a strategy. He's going to turn that one into a six somehow or whatever card. Um, no, that just happens anyway. Yeah, he, no, just, he, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, what am I talking about? He doesn't have ones on his dice. But yeah, but in in thirty k, is you roll, and it, that is the roll. And there were there were times yesterday because we we don't the whole thing with heresy is it's is meant to be. We we just had this chat about competitive gaming is. Heresy is inherently meant to be for the fun of playing. Mm. You're doing it for the fluff. And there were times where we had Vulcan and 
Conrad Kerr's charging into one another, which is fantastic. Which we engineered, yeah. so that they met in the middle of you, the board. You forced that to happen because um, it's a big law, it's the, yeah, the ultimate it's, law. Yeah, it's what it's, would happen. It's what did, it's what, it's what did yeah. happen. It's, well, it's all the books. You got all the war going on, then you got the primax, the primax, the primarchs who are fighting each other, clashing in the center yeah. of this massive battle because no one else can compare to them, so they just yeah. fight each other. But and then there were times that, it yeah, it was in ninth. You would have rolled a dart. You would have re-rolled. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that everything in in the previous edition. I, I like there were a bit. I like ninth. There were a bits, lots of it that I enjoy, and it's quite good fun. And I was getting a bit confused yesterday, but. Um, it was just interesting to see the differences. So the whole stratagems is one, and for me, stratagems feel like uh, Carl. You mentioned it earlier that you can be really ha- a book can be really hamstrung by them if they're not good. Like the orc mm. book, you've maybe got one or two that are any good, and the rest you'll never use. Yeah. Um, but then there'll be books like I don't know, like Admech or Space Marines or Necrons that, um, are quite reliant on them. Yeah. Yeah, I find there's a few armies out there that just seem to constantly be able to pop out stratagems for every occasion. Yeah. The the Space Marine ones are, there are good, there are still a bunch of ones you'll never use. There but, are so many but you'll Space get, Marines though. There, there's ones you will use, but there's also a lot of ones that are just for a certain type of unit that you'll never play. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of situational stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It comes up you... That's what a stratagem should be. It should just be like, it shouldn't be something that is like game ending. Every it turn. Be like, yeah. I'm going to smash out this once a turn because this is going to make me re-roll this entire unit or give this unit like mortal wound output on this number or whatever like it shouldn't be that aggressive it yeah, should be yeah. like a one per, once per game once thing, per maybe, game maybe strategies you could only burn out once per game because the game is a bit annoying when you're constantly like well this is going to happen oh no but no this is not happening because i'm going to do this as a result of this and then you spend and 10 hours like going through like a stratagem in a book in order to create a scene you can see a lot of the time as well that someone will play a stratagem and then someone will counter it with another one. Mm. So it's almost like, well, well, just don't bother because, you know, you play one and then that's countered by another one and then you use another one on top of that. And it's yeah. like, well, if we just got away with them or we limited them or we did something to kind of just, you know, to just let the game play out. It's almost like, you know, people talk about letting the dice tell the story, right? Mm. But you, you, you're interrupting that. You're kind of putting these blocks in of like, well, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. As, mu- as much as it might be cool or thematic or just really bad luck, I'm going to counter it. So... It was really interesting because I, I watched the game um, yesterday, the Heresy game, just for a couple of hours, yeah. um, and just to see the difference in mechanics. And it was such, it was such a spectacle anyway, because the mm. ball was incredible and the armies, the armies were fantastic. fantastic and, and it yeah. was just the scale of it was was brilliant. But it, it really spoke to me just that it was so much that what was happening on the table was what was happening, and mm. it wasn't being influenced by a lot of outside stuff, you know. And it just had this real flow to it, and yeah. just things happened, and you just moved on and went to the next thing, you know. Which is good. I've, and I've never actually played with um, templates before. Which I saw Johnny's <laughs> big giant <laughs> template and I was like, that Nothing is fantastic. Um, Custom made template. Which one. is also cool because it forces you, like, one of the things that happened a lot in um, 30, in 40k, and I've been one of the people who've done this with castle style armies, um, is you bunch half, like, 1,000 points of your army into a bubble, which is, like, unstoppable. It just marches around, just re-rolling everything ridiculously. Like, you know, the whole good and wounds and hits rerolls which I definitely played on for uh, ages um, shame hold my hands <laughs> up in shame shame on me um, but you can't really do that in, in 30k can you because templates will come and if you're in your if you, I don't really know templates too well but I know if you're within that template you get hit yeah but, well yeah basically it's it, it and it was one of the things that when I first came into the 8th it, it became in 7th in and therefore heresy which is 
with slightly tweaked version is you. I don't know why I'm using my hands so much because you can't see what I'm doing, yeah, but these else. guys can. We can. I like um, it. You, the movement and deployment and and how you space things out is a really big thing. Mm. And it was quite interesting yesterday. It was a custodies player, um, Jack, who's been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, he custodies because they're such small units have the ability to really spread out. Um, and if you didn't do that they would be destroyed mm. because a template would hit three of them and then yeah. kill three which is so X amount of points but yeah it was really there were like quite fun moments where um, one of the guys Ollie had put, filled a bunker up with Space Marines and I'd fired two five inch templates in and hit every, every, all of them all of the time yeah. and you could never do that in ninth because templates like, don't exist don't exist yeah so it's just all you can't yeah I get that and it's interesting and I quite like it it's also more like real time isn't it because mm. also is it, I don't know if this is the case in 30k but like in 40k this is one thing I always I always reference which I don't like about 40k is my, the, my predator could be behind a building but the back left corner of my predator could be sticking out of the building and the back left corner could see your Shoot. tank from behind and to the left and um, from the back and I could shoot it with absolutely everything I have because yeah. my back track can see you yeah. so somehow my, my uh, it wouldn't be the case um, whereas like Movement arcs, direction, and like just adding that to forty k would be fantastic. Not not necessarily having to add like, oh, you it's easy to shoot the back of something than it's the front of something. Oh, exactly. yeah. That you can remove that, yeah. but if you could have like just if they could get back, not maybe not even templates, just proper sight action where like mm. that you have to be the able gun to, has to be pointing at yeah, the thing you, you're ha- you can't at. shoot from the back. Like, unbelievable. Could, I know, unbelievable. I know, I know, right? You say it when you say it out loud. You think, well, yeah, obviously, but that, you know. Yeah, your bumper on your tank hasn't got a gun on it and it can't shoot, you know, the back cargo bay of James's tank yeah. behind a building, obviously. Yeah. But, but for some reason in 40k you can. can, yeah, which is just a little bit like goonish and like like silly. And I, what I like about 30k, even though I haven't played it, from what I've heard is like it's all more logical, like it's it just makes sense. Everything plays to what you'd expect. Some bits, some bits, some did, bits. but yes. Well, yeah, like yesterday it was you were having to think about the fact you had to sacrifice not shooting at one thing because you're turning your tank to shoot at something else. Yeah. And it's that whole aspect of, I can't just park it behind a building and put out my spotlight mm. and, sh- and shoot you. I've got yeah. to... Yeah, that's the thing, because I could put like my like something like a repulsor, which has a lot of output. I could just place in between, like, like let's say I just place it somewhere on the table, knowing that I could shoot some of James's units on my left, some of James's units on my right, and some down the middle. I could just spread out all that fire the heavy unit can get the heavy I can shoot them little units over here I can shoot the smaller stuff out and I can do this whereas like if what you're saying 30k is I'd have to place that tank in a way where I'd have to choose who I want to go for like Mm. do I want to shoot these guys and not be able to shoot these guys or do I want to shoot these ones and I think you you have to think more turns ahead don't you as well you have to plan what you're going to do rather than just react to things and Mm. you know you've got more freedom to like say split fire and you know change directions and stuff if you get something wrong, I think we, I was talking to James about this on the way up here today. If you make a mistake, it's punished. Whereas yeah. in 40k, there's a lot of band aids and stratagems and yeah. things you can do to negate that or to, to take a lot of that damage away in yeah. heresy. You just wear it if you get it wrong. I, I made a big mistake and it cost me a dreadnought because mm. yeah. it was facing the wrong way. Yeah. Fundamentally, mm. in the back of it is weaker. But it, there are things that, I mean, there are ways that I can see that it could learn from 9th edition. But equally, there are things. It's it's quite. It was just quite interesting to play, um, and see how the game has evolved. Mm. That obviously, I can. I know that that ninth. They've almost. They've tried to. It's 
in some ways simplified, but in some ways it's more complicated yeah. than it was. Um, but at the same time, there's bits in Heresy that could learn from Ninth. Yeah. Like um, Split Fire. Mm. You think Space Marines are clever enough not to shoot everything at one thing. Yeah. You'd think they could Split Fire, they can, but so they, they can't yeah. in Heresy. Oh, okay. So, so Heresy, yeah. So, and that is you lose out on shooting things. Yeah, so like if you put Space Marines in a bunker, you'd imagine they would be able to shoot from different directions within that bunker what yeah. they need to, but in Heresy, you can't. It's all, all, yeah, unless you've got certain rules that allow you to, Yeah, you, everything goes at one thing, which yeah. can also mean that you end up losing guns because you're firing at something that not everything can hurt everything yeah. in Heresy. So you're wasting anti-infantry shots because you're shooting a LAS cannon at a tank, for yeah. example. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying there. No, but, so both can learn from each other, which is yeah. And it was, it was. I just wanted to yeah touch on it because it was quite an interesting. It it was good fun. Yeah. Um, but there are bits that I like in both. No, no system is perfect. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be room always to evolve and change and, and everything. And maybe hopefully as as we progress, you can kind of get into. I would like to see a little bit more um thought into like where where you're shooting in this game. Um, I don't like the fact that you can shoot from the back of your tank into something. Yeah, like, that's I, think that's, silly, I don't like that. But I think removing armor values around the tank speeds things up a little bit instead of saying your round here and yeah. round here is a bit is a bit long. But yeah, but you can add those add those arcs of movement, those fire arcs, and those and uh, not even have templates. Just have that rule where you can't shoot from like the back end. <laughs> yeah, Maybe yeah. do it so you actually have to get your line of sight from from the gun instead of the, from the gun barrel to the yeah. target that it shoots. Yeah. So yeah. at least it, it might not be pointing in the right direction, but. Mm. Yeah, because if you think about it, you would kind of a las cannon mm. is a beam of light. It's not yeah. going to go around a corner. No, it's not. <laughs> to, to hit something, it's not. It's going to go in a straight line to what you need to get. So yeah. you could have that sort of thing where, if it's on a if it's on a sponge and it has that like rotation, um, it'd be nice that if I was parked awkwardly by a building, if my right sponge was like only hitting the building, then I wouldn't be able to use it. My left one, I could shoot at something because I can see it that exact situation happened in the heresy didn't it because I was there for that I think you shot one of your um, Sakarans and one of the sponsons couldn't see so it just didn't fire yeah. and the yeah. other one fired with the turret But which makes um, sense yeah cool I mean if we're talking rules as well um, firing flamers at planes I mean come on you, tell me someone who's going to fire a flamethrower up in the air yeah. for a start yeah. and yeah. hit an aircraft no it's know. not going to happen is it? planes for me in, in air, or aircraft I guess in in ninth are I get there are some aircraft that have utility, so you've got, you've got the ad. We keep talking about them, but the Admech bombers that we I think we've all experienced the, they, the, pain the, wrong of the bombers. Of, they yeah. move around and wherever they want and drop a bomb on you. But you, it's technically it's a plane flying at supersonic speeds, but yeah. you hit it at minus one. Whereas in Heresy, you can only hit it on sixes unless oh, okay. you've got a weapon that is designed to shoot aircraft. Yeah, which but then your but then your weapon to shoot aircraft isn't as good at shooting ground targets. So it's a it, it was, um, yeah, the planes feel to me more like aircraft are. Because, like, most aircraft are really weak. They haven't got very good saves because yeah. they're meant to be Fast quick and, hard and to stuff. Hit. But they're not hard to hit, really. Yeah, you minus can overcome one, it. Yeah, a minus one is not that hard to hit when you're hitting on the twos and threes sometimes. Exactly, like, yeah. To be yeah. fair, it is when you're an orphan, you're now hitting on sixes. That's yeah, not, that's but that's all you roll, Carl, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's all you roll. But yeah, that's, <laughs> the only, that's the only time. I think, yeah, you could easily have that rule in place that if it's got... Um, like supersonic or whatever, then yeah, you can't hit it on sixes. Whereas something like a bomber, which has the ability to move and move in a weird way, 
you should be able to hit that easier than you can hit because it's technically flying slow. Yeah, or something, then yeah. you can hit the um, Space Marine Interceptor, which is meant to be launching across the field in like one direction, mm. turn ninety degrees and coming back. And it's meant to be doing like up and down runs. Stroking runs, isn't yeah. It, yeah. So it should be hard to hit because it's coming super fast. Whereas the Orc bomber is move not the Orc bomber. Oh, the Orc one. The Orc one doesn't move like that, does it? No, no it's it only Admech planes that have yeah. the ability to do that. Yeah, they because they're because you can then what you can do with. Um, the some of the space you can put them into hover mode where they can they can only, they can move less mm. and then they become easier to hit don't they which makes sense too because they're not yeah you, if only so orcs believed that they could turn three times in a face they could because they just you know do whatever they, they should believe stronger yeah they do whatever they want they, they shouldn't should, yeah. they, they already believe strong enough. they they are they, they, they are the ultimate guys I love them well that's that's an interesting take on Harrison I think it's good to hear. Um, based on what you've just done and what you've just played, the kind of difference between the two. The Heresy is a great game system. Um, Life Edition is, is a great game system. They're both good game systems to play. Um, I really enjoyed the Heresy because I love the Heresy lore that comes with it. I love it that it's Primarchs and I love that it's like it's all out carnage, um, which is really cool. I need more Primarchs in 40k. They need to release Dude, something. Don't we all, man? They need yeah. something. They need to release something. Then, yeah, we need, another, we need another loyalist Primarch. Yeah, he's going to get rapidly outnumbered. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, but I'd love to see Demon Fulgrim as well. I'd love to see it. Snake Boy. Snake Boy model. It would also be really good that if they did release him, because Gilliman is the only Primarch from the loyalists who are out yet, and you know what happened to Fulgrim and, uh, Fulgrim and Gilliman, that'd be cool to have him come up and be like, you think you can handle all of us? Bam! But imagine now with the plastic technology they've got, imagine Fulgrim's hair. What they could do with it, it, wouldn't it just, it, be, it just be, be amazing? Yeah. I mean, them coming down into like snakes. Oh, it's it, so cool. But yeah, we, we do, do we do need. I mean, Sanguinius. That's a stretch. He's never coming back, but bro. There are six, six, not uh, seven, lo- seven Primarchs of the Loyalists that are not confirmed dead in, in yeah. various stages of knocking about. Yeah. Or I mean, being the lion is asleep. Yeah, yeah. and um, what's his name? Vulcan. No, um, can I do my joke quickly before we go on to this next bit? Absolutely. It's my favourite joke. Um, Let's do it. Lionel Johnson. Hey. Sleep, right? Oh, Fantastic. I'll leave Fantastic. now. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we finish on that. The perfect <laughs> way right. to finish. Um, I mean, we are now at one minute. One minute? One hour, 21. So we probably should cap this off pretty soon. Let's uh, let's jump into what, we're, um, what we've got coming up because we've got a little tournament this weekend, haven't we? We have. Yeah, the the um the crew, all the loaded bolter guys are going to Anders' house to play uh, fifteen hundred point games, isn't it? Yeah. And this is meant to be competitive this one. This, More so. no, this, this one is isn't. Bring this is bring whatever you want. want. I think it's a repeat of what last we did. Time. But but it's bigger because it was a thousand points last time, wasn't it? Who can dodge the ad mech? Who can basically. dodge the ad mech and who can dodge um you're not bringing Necrons this time, are you? Are you bringing this? Because uh, I know I noticed this happened yesterday when I asked James. I was like, Oh James, you're not you're not going to bring Necrons, are you? Because Frankie's coming. He's a Necron, so you must be bringing something uh, out. I could, James, bring, I could bring Morris here. James just didn't answer. He didn't answer the question. He just made a little joke Mysterious. about it, but didn't quite give what he wanted. He doesn't like to give it away. Who knows? I might not bring Necrons. I'll just bring Sargons. That's what Frankie's <laughs> bringing now. Now that he's, oh, no, they probably won't arrive in time for his list, actually. I've, well, I've already spoken to Frankie and said I'll lend him some. Oh, okay. oh you're a bad man, James. <laughs> so you, so you're going to. So yeah, Frankie is going to be bringing. 
Well, he hasn't come back to me yet, but I've said if you want to borrow anything, yeah, then, uh, yeah that's because he's nice. just starting out. So. Yeah, no, he's got the Indomitus half, and now he's got Nightbringer, and he's got I, I bought him Void Dragon yesterday. Jesus Christ, what? You're, what such, a an, you're such a neighbour, Jason. Yeah, neighbor, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to go from like a few troops and a couple of characters. Oh, now you've got two Catan. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ, yeah, we've just up the level a little yeah, bit for him. Um, Talk about power creep. I know. Yeah, he's getting major power creep. What? What? What are you bringing? Well, yeah, I'm not sure. I think I might be bringing Dark Elder actually, because they're already sitting at Anders' house, and all of my stuff's in boxes because obviously we're moving houses. Oh yeah. It's either digging through boxes for orcs or just uh, going spiky. So it's going to be avoiding Drukhari or and avoiding Admech, basically. I've played one game with Drukhari, and I've I've got to be honest, they're not my my normal go-to is get up the board and smash face, and yeah. they can kind of do that, but then... Haven't you got Drazar, Carl? Maybe. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a nasty man. That's going to be good, though. That'd be quite interesting to see, like, if you're bringing them a little bit different. Maybe if uh, James brings these nids. Um, well, no, yeah. there's not enough points. Well, you can still Maybe bring like... your Herod. You can actually bring, like we said, you could actually literally bring, like, your Salamanders. Dreadnoughts and just use rules to get with them. I've got seven of them. Yeah, you can easily bring them in a 40k list as a salamander. I've got some feeling I might be busy on Sunday. Yeah. Who, who are you going to use, Jason? Let's guess. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know, I'm debating actually. I'm, I'm potentially going to bring, um, if I can get home and actually plan it, um, I might just bring somewhat of like a Templar list. In their current guise of uh, whatever chapter. Yeah, well, yeah. on the I'll use whatever they've got available on the 40k app as their rules for it because I saw they've got they have got rules on the 40k app. They're in the um, codex, I think. They're in the marine codex. Yeah, they're in the marine book. Yeah, so, so I'll, just, I'll, I'll bring whatever's going for cool. them. I might do. Or, or I'll just use my usual hunky boys. But what version of them? Because I always bring something different with the hunt. Sometimes it's all infantry, sometimes it's a drop pod, sometimes it's more smashy. Sometimes you never know. Enough. Are you going to get the smashy, smashy las cannon version of it? Or are you going to get a punchy version of it? Are you going to get a mean version of it? You just don't know. Or will I just go all out and actually play them how they're going to play, which is with loads of like intercessors and rapid fire and bubbles you know, all over the place and actually try and move and shoot like they're mm. meant to um, maybe I'll bring 30 heavy intercessors have you got 30 heavy intercessors I'm not going to tell who you who knows <laughs> I go on splurges quite a lot I'm very aggressive with my splurges it's drunk Jason take yeah. care in, of yeah. in all <laughs> hobbies yeah then maybe if I didn't just smash out a void dragon for Frankie I would have bought some um, some more bits for that instead but no I'll bring what I've got I won't buy anything I'm not buying anything else until um become the warlord titan now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring Gilliman for this event. And I'll bring the Nightbringer. Smash up. So does that mean the next podcast we do we'll talk about the games we play? Well, yeah, nice. so next podcast we'll talk about how this weekend goes. Cool. And I will let all you lovely listeners know just how well I done and how many people I defeated. How many star gods you killed? Are they what from what I gather it from the start of this um this conversation is that you two need to play each other. Yes, we do. Because you haven't. In a game that's bigger than 300 points. That would be helpful. I think once we're in the house, we've said we were going to set a game up and we'll have um, some neck ones. We need a proper 2K game. Mushrooms versus Metal Boys. We need a proper 2K game with you two. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. I think it needs to happen. I want to be there to watch everything. With beers. With beers, as usual. And crisps. Oh, yes. 15 bags of crisps, minimum. Yeah. What a wonderful time. Well, everyone, it's been absolutely fantastic. James, I hope you enjoyed your first appearance on the Loaded Bottle podcast. It was great fun. Yeah. Thank you for no, I'm glad. It's nice to, nice to keep rotating everyone around. Who knows who's going to be next week? Who knows? It's going to be fantastic. Carl, thank you as always. Always how, a pleasure, man. How are you finding the podcasts? Yeah, loving it, mate. Really enjoying them. Yeah. 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 Good. I'm, I'm loving doing them as well. It's great fun. James, Carl, give me some, give me some loving. 
Everyone who's listening, have a fantastic, fantastic couple of weeks until we uh, release another one to you guys, girls, guys and girls. Um, we don't do we don't do gender here. Do we? No, we don't. We don't. No. All inclusive. We're all inclusive. Have a fantastic time, everyone. Take care. Goodbye.